Christianity that we have to be always delivering us from problems. We don't want to live from problem to problem and see God delivering us. We want to live well and see God's blessings upon our lives. Can we say amen? Amen. And, and finances is such an important area that you can't afford not to have any knowledge of biblical economics. We must have spiritual intelligence when it comes to finances. How many of us now we are aware that there is a battle going on among the nations? Yes, you better be aware. Amen. And what is the battle for? For control. I want you to understand that sickness can control you. Poverty can also control you. Sickness and finance, they are two areas that the devil would use against us to control us. Money in the hand of the unrighteous, in the hand of the wicked, it's for control. There is a battle going on among the nations and it's a battle for the control of the people. And we are now in this generation that is witnessing the advance of a cashless society or a cashless or a digital economic generation. We are the generation that has witnessed a lot. Christians, we have been living in this era and you cannot be stupid. You cannot afford to just be ignorant and just live in your small little house and not aware of what's going on globally. You need to be in the know so that you can be in the flow. And when you are in the flow, you will be in the glow. How many of you have got it? Ignorance will never pay off. Spending time in the ivory tower will never pay off. You need to know what's going on. Everything that's going on in this world will affect you eventually. We're moving into a cashless generation, a digital generation. And everything is about control. And so God has prepared us in advance by giving us his word, his biblical economics in the Bible. It's very important that we learn how to better take care of our finances, how to be in charge of our finances, how to excel with our finances so that we can be, so that we can be free and we can stay independent. Of the devil's control. I don't know about you. I don't want to live by government welfare. I don't want to be a beggar. I don't want to live by government welfare. I want to be able to contribute to the welfare of my nation. The people in my country. Can we say amen? You want to be a contributor not a parasite. Can we say amen? Knowledge must precede success. If you want success in your life, you must pay the price to gain knowledge. And when you come to church, I think I've preached that sermon before. The church is the teaching institute for God. 
The church is where you receive revelation, where you receive understanding, where you receive enlightenment. And one of the fivefold ministries is a teacher. God will give you a teacher. And you better cherish what God has given you and you live by the revelation that has been imparted to you. So pay the price to gain knowledge from the Holy Spirit who is the teacher of the church at this service. What is the prize? Your time, your focus, your attention. And all of that will be greatly rewarded. Remember, it's written in the book of Hebrews that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Diligently seek him in the word. Diligently seek him. The reward of God will come to you. Amen. So let's dig into financial empowerment. The power of obedience. If you look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, let's get into the word of God. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. God formed man of what? The dust of the ground. So that is material. Too many Christians buy the lies of the devil that everything to do with your life is just spiritual. That is a lie from the devil. You are not just spiritual. Look at this. Your body is made of the dust of the ground which is material. So material matters. And breathe into his nostrils. What? The breath of life. So that is spiritual. And when the spirit touches the material, the soul is created. And the man became a living soul. So you can see just within the scripture, the spirit, the soul, and the material. We need to understand that we are both spiritual and material. And you have a soul, which is your responsibility to manage. Too many Christians are passive and religious, religiously passive. Always thinking that it's it's not up to me, it's up to God. If God wants me to prosper, then I will prosper. I've tied. I've tithed. So if God wants me to prosper, I will prosper. How many of you know that there are many tithing Christians who are very poor? Heavily in debt. Why? They have tithed. But they do not tithe with revelation. They do not tithe with understanding. And they don't follow up their tithe with actions of obedience. It's very important. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, revelation knowledge. So we're getting into that today. The material, when it came in touch 
with the spiritual formed the soul. And whose responsibility is that for your soul? Come on, tell me. Whose responsibility is that? Yours. It is your responsibility to come to church. It's your responsibility to walk in love. It's your responsibility not to strive. Your responsibility to give. Your will, your mind, and your emotions, they are your area. And that is you. You form your soul. We are citizens both of the material and the spiritual realm. We need to understand that there is the spiritual realm and there is the material realm. And we are able to tap into both. Unlike the trees, unlike the flowers, unlike your dogs and your pets. Because we are made in the image of God, we can tap both into the spiritual and the material. And let's be very alert to the fact that, you know, what happened in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. God prepared the material. God got all the materials well prepared before he made Adam and Eve. So does God deal with the material realm? What's the answer? Yes. 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 And if you look at Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, where did God put Adam? Come on, answer me. Where did God put Adam? In a garden, in a material realm. Where do we live? Come on, tell me. Where do we live? In a material realm. You function in this realm. So let me ask you, is it the will of God for us to be in control of the material realm? Is it the will of God for us to manage the material realm? Is it the will of God for us to influence the material realm. Amen. So don't abdicate your position of dominion and influence from the realm of the material. Can we say amen? Well, what did God say? He said, fill the earth, govern it, reign over. Those are words of dominion. Those are words of dominion. That means you are made to rule over your finances. You are made to rule over your money. You are made to manage your money, not your money managing you. Can we say amen? Not my money managing me, but me managing my money. But when you are in debt... You lose your position of dominion. You become a slave to money when money starts to control you and dominate you and run your life. You become a slave to money when money becomes a deciding factor of every decision you make. Let me ask you a very simple question. Is money natural or spiritual? Natural. Money is natural. Money is not spiritual. And because it is natural, it is subject to the power of the spiritual. 
Remember I said to you, money is attracted, not pursued. When you are spiritual and you're following the Holy Spirit, money is drawn to you. It's attracted to you. It's called the anointing to prosper. It's called the spirit of prosperity. The spirit of prosperity, the wind of prosperity will start blowing upon you. He will establish the works of your hands. He will prosper the works that you do. Remember in the book of Psalms, whatsoever you do, what? Prospers. It's the spirit of prosperity. Lift up your hands and welcome. Welcome the spirit of prosperity. Welcome the spirit of prosperity. Remember, the Holy Spirit is compared to the wind. We have the Holy Spirit on the inside, but you need the wind of the Holy Spirit. Remember, Jesus said the wind blows where it will. You need the wind of the Holy Ghost. You need the wind of the Holy Spirit to blow upon your farm. Blow upon your workplace, blow upon your office, blow upon your accounts, your investments, blow upon whatever you do. It's called the anointing to prosper. Can we say amen? Let me ask you another very simple question. Who is the owner of the earth's resources? Who is the owner? Who is the owner? God. God. That's the difference between Christians and atheists or Gentiles. They don't think that God is the owner. They think that they are the owners. They think that everything on this earth belongs to them and they can do whatever they want. If you look at Psalm 24 verse 1, Psalm 24 verse 1, this is very, very clear. You can't get clearer than this. Psalm 24 verse 1 Let's read it together. One, two, three. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. So let me ask you, your husband who's sitting next to you, your wife who's sitting next to you, whoever is sitting to you, next to you, let me ask you, whom do they belong to? Who is the owner of your spouse? Who is the owner of your children? God. That will change our lives. So you no longer try to dominate each other. Amen. Amen. We are not owners. The Gentiles think they are owners. You know, they're now talking about deeming the sun. We are not owners. We are not possessive. Say with me, I'm not possessive. Say with me, I'm not possessive. Say with me, I'm not controlling. Amen. Amen. We are assigned to be successful stewards. Very important. Successful stewards, proud ambassadors, because whom do we represent? the Lord, and excellent representatives. I want to represent Jesus well 
wherever I go. In my business, in my finances, in my role as a wife, in my role as a mother, in my role as a pastor, in my role as a boss, in my role, whatever. I want to represent God well. I want to represent God well in the health of my body. In how I dress, how I conduct myself, how I talk, how I think. Come on, say with me, lift up your hands and say, Lord... I want to represent you well. One more time. Lord, I want to represent you well. Amen. That's so, so powerful and revolutionary. And God has given us what? Delegated authority. Delegated authority to rule over this natural realm. It's not our authority. It's the authority that has been delegated unto us. Why? Because we are his stewards. We are his ambassadors. We are his representatives. Can we say amen? To rule over this natural realm. To rule over the things of this world. Amen. If you look at Genesis chapter 1 verse 28. Genesis chapter 1 verse 28. So if you are made to rule, you need to know the goal. What is the goal? What is the target? What is the outcome of this authority that God has delegated to us? It's not so that we feel good about it. It's not so that we can hoard everything to ourselves. No. What did God say? God said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue, have dominion. Amen. Hallelujah. So one more time, say, I represent God well. Amen. Hallelujah. It's important that we understand that. And if you look at Proverbs 22, verse 7, Proverbs 22, verse 7, I told you just now that money is about what? It's about what is money about? Money is about control. Money is about control. If someone can control your money, He can control your life, your living. Somebody who can control your health will control your wealth. Have we all seen this in COVID? Yes. How much money have they lost during the whole lockdown? Nations we're talking about. Somebody who controls your health will control your wealth. And somebody who controls your wealth will control your living. We better wake up. Come on, church. Have you found this out? So don't be so spiritual and say, I don't need the money. Unless if you want to die right away, then you don't need any money. (laughs) Come on, let's be honest. Do we need money? Absolutely. Yes. Amen. So be honest about it and God will meet your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 7. The rich rules over the poor. That's about power. Money is power. Money is power. The rich rules over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. Money is about control. Money is about positioning. 
God wants to position you high above so that you're independent of the devil's manipulation. Can we say amen? It's important that we understand that. It's important for us to have the goal. What is the goal? Financial freedom and financial independence. Now, if we look at our youth at the back, turn around and you see all of our youth at the back. (laughs) They are getting into independence. They are getting into financial freedom. And they need to understand how money works. So that they can work their money instead of money working you. How many of you know that a lot of university graduates, they end up with no jobs? We've watched a video just now. A lot of university graduates end up with no jobs. I've counseled somebody. He said, I'm going to uni. And I asked him, what for? Don't just get a general degree and pay all your uni fees and at the end of all your study, come up with nothing. No skills. If you don't have a skill, who's going to employ you? Nobody's going to employ you just because you have got a bachelor's degree. It's important for us to know where we are going. Come on, say with me, I know where I am going. The Bible is very prophetic. The Bible is very prophetic. God cares about our future. He speaks the end from the beginning. He speaks the future from the present. And that's why you need to confess by his stripes, I am healed. Even though you might be experiencing pain right now. And because of Jehovah Jireh, I am rich. Come on, say with me, God is my Jehovah Jireh. So I am rich. Amen. Remember, what did Jesus say? If you believe in what you say and do not doubt what you say, you will have whatsoever you say. Your future is in your mouth. Your future is in your mouth. And that's why the devil tries to push us, you know, that we curse and we complain and we blame and we, f- and we fret and we vent. Your tongue is very powerful. Your tongue can work for you instead of against you. Can we say amen? Amen. Well, somebody asked me, well, does it mean that I can't joke? Of course you can joke. Of course you can joke, but don't joke in a bad way. <laughs> amen. So God wants us to have financial freedom, to have financial independence, that we don't have to depend on government welfare. You know, for us to actually teach Christians that God's will is for you to prosper, a lot of times we have to, you know, deliver them from that welfare mentality. Why do I want to work? If I work this, this is as much, I will lose my welfare, this, this is as much. Why do you want to depend on government welfare? I don't want to depend on government welfare. I would rather be rich than to depend on welfare. Can we say amen? I would rather pay tax than get welfare. Can we say amen? Amen. It is against the will of God for Christians to be enslaved in financial captivity. It is against the will of God for you to be poor. 
How can I tithe, but still I'm poor? Yes, you tithe, but you don't, any, don't know anything about financial stewardship. Yes, you tithe, but you have not lived as a kingdom steward. You tithe 10%, but the rest of the 90%, you just spend it on yourself. Whatever way you want. It's just like Christians who come to church, lift up their hands, hallelujah, praise the Lord, and sing. And then when they've left the church, they just live whatever they want. Is that okay for me to be honest? I will be anyway. <laughs> Let me ask you, some of Jesus' miracles, were they material? Yes. What are some of the material miracles that Jesus performed? Come on, tell me. He turned the water into wine. That's material. And he multiplied the bread and the fish. That's a lot of money. So don't think that God is just spiritual. Whatever is spiritual will manifest in the material realm. Because the spiritual will take over the material realm. If you go with me to John chapter 8, verse 31 to 32. John chapter 8, verse 31 to 32. This is a very important scripture. John 8, 31 to 32. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him. He didn't say it to everybody. He said to those who believed him. So do you believe him? So is he talking to you now? Yes. What, what's he saying? If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So the truth will set you free from poverty. But it does take us to continue. Amen. Continue is very important. Now the King James is the word abide. Is that New King James? Go to King James. I think King James is continue. Go to King James instead of New King James. If you continue in my word, that means you continue. You don't give up. You stay there. You stay the course. You don't give up. You stay the course. I want to talk to you about the threshold principle. What is the threshold principle? The threshold principle, because the Lord showed that to me. The threshold principle is that you do it and you do it and you do it. You, are still been, you still haven't got your breakthrough, but you keep doing it because it's right. You keep doing it because the Holy Spirit is showing you and you keep doing it and you keep doing it until the threshold, boom, it exploded. And you're carried by the river of life. You're carried by the wind of the spirit. But before that happens, you have to continue. You have to keep doing it. You have to keep doing it. You have to keep doing it. Let me ask you another question. How many years did it take Noah to finish building the ark? About 73 years. 73 years to 75 years. And during the time when he was building the ark, he had to endure the contradiction of sinners against himself. 
People were mocking at him. He was surrounded by those that, you know, had no faith and no God at all. He was constantly jeered at, laughed at, and he was still trying to preach the gospel and spread the word to them. But he continued. Come on, say with me, continue. One more time, continue. Even if we look at our love walk, you know, our love walk, there will always be challenges. You know that it's the will of God for us to walk in love. But how many of us have experienced challenges? But what do you do? Do you give up? No. What do you do? Continue. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, how do I know that I'm not just a convert, but I'm a disciple? I continue. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. How many are very famous millionaires, billionaires that you know, they had gone bankrupt before. And some of them a few times, not only once, not even twice, but three times, they've gone bankrupt. But they persevered and they continued and they persevered and they continued. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples? The word of God will start talking to you. If you stay long enough in the word of God, the word of God will start talking to you. The word of God will start leading you. The word of God will start guiding you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Amen. The printed word becomes a voice to you. Amen. Then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know. This word know has the word do in it. Knowing is doing to the Hebrews, to the Jews. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. I like the King James, make you free. Because where's the freedom? On the inside of you. On the inside of you. Freedom does not come from what's around you. Freedom comes from what's on the inside of you. Amen. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands and say, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. You be a committed, spirit-led, disciplined Christian. Amen. Hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit, the wind of the Holy Spirit will blow upon you, blow your way. Amen. Rhema, revelations, light, freedom, empowerment, prosperity, and glory will start to come upon your life. The wind blows where it will. You have to attract the wind of the Holy Spirit to blow your way. Can we say amen? Amen. If you look at Romans chapter 8, there are many Christians that are just surviving, kindergarten Christians. They are religious, dutiful, but bound. Why? Because they don't understand that God is a rewarder. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. If you look at Romans chapter 8, verse 30 to 32, Romans chapter 8, verse 30, because of time, we just uh, look at verse 30. Yeah, 30, verse 30. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, that's you and I, them he also called, that's you and I, and them he also justified, that's you and I, 
and whom he justified, them he also, also, also glorified. That's when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to stay. Remember Laban, what did he say to Jacob? He said, I know from observation that God has blessed me because of you. The prosperity that comes by association. What did Abimelech say to Isaac? He said to him, come on, make a covenant with me because I know that God has certainly prospered you. Why? They carried upon them the glory of God. What did David say? Whatsoever he doeth prospers. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So stop looking at the people around you and think that why have they done this to me? Why have they done this to me? No. When God is for you, no one can come against you. So your prosperity does not come from the people around you. Your prosperity does not come from your degree, does not come from your whatever. Your prosperity comes from the Lord. Come on, lift up your hands with me and say, my prosperity comes from the Lord. Amen. And that protects us. And we stop thinking that he's hurting me. She's hurting me. You know, they are upsetting me. No, 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 no. When God is for me, who can be against me? No weapons of the enemy form against me. What can prosper? Can we say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Is the light. So don't be an average Christian. Don't be an average Christian who has nothing to show. It's time for show and tell. What is show and tell? Testimony. Look what the Lord has done. That's testimony. Amen. It's time for show and tell. Don't be an average Christian. Be an excellent one. How many excellent Christians do we have here? Lift up your hands. Amen. You know what the vision for this church? Excellent individuals are powerful people. Excellent individuals are powerful people. You work on yourself. And when all the excellent ones come together, we become a powerful people. And that's the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of what? Excellence. The Holy Spirit is not the spirit of mediocrity. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of excellence. Haven't we noticed that whatever Jesus did was excellent? He was never average. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Okay, let's look at Job 36, verse 11. Are you excited? Are you excited? Yes, look at Job 36, verse 11. Let me ask you a question. Can God make you rich? Can God make you rich? Can God prosper you? Yes or no? Yes. Job 36, verse 11. If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in 
prosperity and their years in pleasure. Pleasures, plural. They shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. That means God has a long-term plan for your success. How many parents do we have here? Would you like your children to succeed? Would you like your children to be healthy and wealthy and wise? Multiply that by a million times. That's the heart of God towards us. Well, you said to me, Pastor Dora, there's only one scripture, and that's in the book of Job. Well, let me give you another one. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19. Isaiah 1, 19. How many of us know that on the inside of every human being, there's the desire to succeed? Isn't that true? How many of us want to succeed? Come on, lift up your hands. On the inside of each and every person, there's a God-given desire to succeed. So it's better for us to tap into God's plan, tap into his way so that we can succeed according to his will. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19, if you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. So let me ask you, is that about material things? The good of the land, is that about material things? Amen. Amen. Let me ask you, if you are a father or a mother... And you always just say to your kids, I love you, I love you, but you don't ever feed them. Okay? I love it when uh, Alan, you know, he came and said, man's breakfast, we feed them first. (laughs) If you just say, I love you, I love you, and to your children, I love you, and don't ever feed them, and don't ever give them any money so that they can have fun, to them, you don't love them. Financial prosperity is a love language. It's a love language. Amen. So don't disregard that. God wants to express his love towards you by giving you material benefits. Can we say amen? So the word obedient is the Hebrew word shamak. Say with me shamak. One more time, shamak. Shamak means to be diligent, diligently attentive, to give years to, to discern, to perceive, to surely, certainly, and promptly do it. That's the word shamak. That means I'm diligently, attentively listening to God. I'm discerning what he's telling me. I can perceive how he's leading me. I can surely and certainly do it and follow him. And I will actually promptly do it. That's the word translated as obedient. So the word willing, willing is the word Abba. Abba means to agree, to agree with, to yield to, to desire. So those two words, when you put them together, it's talking about having a relationship with God so that you can hear him, so that you can follow him, so that you can know his will, so that you go his way. How can you obey if you don't know him? So before you say, Lord, I'm obeying you, you need to say, Lord, I know you. Can we say amen? 
My heart's desire is to know you so that I can obey you and to follow you. Amen. And I want you to understand if you be willing and obedient, that means who is the one to make the choice? Us. Us. So there's my part. It's my part that will release God to do his part. Say with me, my part will release God to do his part. Amen. Go to Psalm 32, verse 8. Psalm 32, verse 8. So when we talk about obedience, we're talking about a journey. We're talking about the journey of life. How many of you know that life is a journey? And it's an upward journey. We're going up. We're not going down. Amen. It's an upward journey. Life is a journey and God is leading us every step along the way. So don't make the mistake. I've made this mistake my, myself before. You know, I thought that, okay, God, I obey you. And then in all my daily decisions, I'll just quickly, you know, make up my mind what to do. And then I forget about asking him. I forget about waiting on him. So it's very important that we understand that we are in partnership with God. And the Holy Spirit is always waiting for us to consult him, ask him, get him involved. Can we say amen? And let me ask you, don't ever do this to God. I know that some of you do this to me. It's like Pastor Dora. He's, she's like the principal. I don't want to go into the principal's office. <laughs> God is not like that. He's not your principal. And his office is definitely not the principal's office where you'll be judged and penalized. The Holy Spirit is your counselor. Amen. He is our wonderful counselor. Amen. It's so good to be able to consult him. Can we say amen? So it's our journey to fellowship with God, to receive from him provisions and rewards. Amen. Hallelujah. So what kind of obedience are we talking about? We're talking about the obedience that comes with revelation. We are talking about the obedience that's birthed by faith. We are not talking about being blind and obedient. We're not talking about being pious. There's a difference between being pious and being obedient. When we talk about shamak, we're talking about following the Holy Spirit, knowing his leading, knowing his guidance, and follow him. That's Shamak. Now, I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. Hebrews 11, verse 7 in the Living Bible. The Living Bible, Hebrews 11, verse 7. Say with me, I'm obedient. Say with me, Shamak. Hebrews 11, verse 7. Noah was another one who trusted God. When he heard God's warning about the future, Noah believed him. Say with me, believe. So number one, he heard. Number two, he trusted. Number three, he believed. Even though there was no sign of a flood. And number four, wasting no time. Continue, please. And wasting no time, what did he do? He built the ark and saved his family. That's called Shamak. So he had a relationship with God. He fellowshiped with God. He heard God. And faith cometh by hearing. So he believed. 
He trusted, and there was no delay in his act of obedience. Amen. So we can see this very, very clearly. Hallelujah. If you look at James chapter 2, verse 18, James said, Show me, I will show you my faith by my works. James said, Show me your faith, I will show you my faith by my works. Works is natural, faith is spiritual. So you have the spiritual and the natural combined. Always combining the natural with the spiritual. Because in that way, you're giving God your natural resources. You're giving God your natural resources. Because how do we work? We work with our bodies, right? We work with our bodies. We work with our finances. We work with our time. So you give God your material resources, And God's spirit comes upon your material resources and bless you and multiply you and prosper you. Can we say amen? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, for those of you, you are familiar with this scripture, Joshua 1.8. How many of you know Joshua 1.8? Yes. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, Joshua 1.8, but you shall meditate therein day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then, who will make you successful? Mm-mm. Who will make you successful? Uh-uh. You have the word right in front of you. Who will make you successful? You shall Make your way prosperous. How does prosperity come? When we put the word of God into practice. When I practice the word of God at the workplace. When I practice the word of God in my home. When I practice the word of God in my church. When I practice the word of God in my marriage. When I practice the word of God in my parenting. Then. Prosperity comes. Have you got it? Why do we have to meditate on the word of God? Because you can never generate faith by yourself. I've had, you know, Christians saying, I have faith, I have faith, and they died. And didn't get healing. You can't generate faith. We don't have faith. Only God has faith. Faith has to be imparted. Faith has to be imparted to us. Faith has to be imparted to us. Either through the written or the spoken word. That's why faith cometh by hearing, not having heard. Faith cometh by hearing. As I meditate on the word of God, faith comes. As I speak the word of God, faith comes. As I hear the word of God, faith comes. You can't generate faith. Amen. And where do we get obedience? Obedience is birthed by faith. The faith to obey. Nobody could have done what Noah had done without faith. It's not because of his excellent character. No, it's because he had heard God. You, nobody can do what God says to do without faith. You look at me like, 
It's not our willpower, no. It's not our willpower. It's not our excellent character. Faith must be imparted to us. So you go to the source of faith, who is God. You go to the source of faith, who is the Word of God. You go to the source of faith, who is the Holy Spirit. And you get imparted into you faith. What is faith? Faith is a power. Faith is a force. It rises up on the inside of you. You know, sometimes when people don't understand, they think you're stubborn. No, you're not being stubborn. It's because you know and you know you must do this. It's not because you are so well, your character is so good. Because you know and you know you can't do it. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Faith is a voice that talks to you. Faith is the power that comes out of you. Faith is the hand of God that's moving in your life. Higher hands are leading me. Higher hands are leading me. I am not alone, I know. It's very important that being a steward, we don't own anything. The Apostle Paul said, it's no longer I that lives, but Jesus who is living in me. So our heartfelt desire is for God to live through our lives. Lord, live through my life so that my husband can see you in me. My wife can see you in me. My children can see you in me. My church can see you in me. My workplace can see you in me. Why? Because it's Jesus who is living in you. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Amen. That is the formula for success. And not only will you succeed, but everybody around you will also succeed. Because that power overtakes you. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. If you look at Isaiah 48 verse 17. Isaiah 48 verse 17. Are you still okay? Isaiah 48 verse 17. That saith the Lord. Remember, he's not only your God, he's your Lord. You can't be a disciple if he's not your Lord. That saith the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Now, you need to know, when God reveals himself to us, there's a reason. So in this scripture, he's revealing himself as the Lord, the Redeemer, the Holy One. And then continue. What is he saying? I'm the Lord your God who teaches you to what? To what? To what? Prophet. Let me ask you, Jesus' parables, the stewards, he took away the one talent from the one who buried it. And whom did he give the talent to? To the one who made the most, who gave him the most return. So don't tell me that our God is not into prophets. He is into prophets. Amen? He is into prophets. He will teach you to profit, which leads you by the way that you should go. So there is a way to financial prosperity. There is a way to financial prosperity. Can we say amen? And he will lead us along the way. 
So there is a teaching and there is an instructing and there is a leading. Go with me to Psalm 32 verse 8. Psalm 32 verse 8. So you ask me, Pastor Dora, so does it mean that I don't have to tithe anymore? No. Tithing is the beginning. Tithing opens the windows of heaven. Tithing establishes you in God's provision. Amen. If you don't tithe, you will get into poverty. Psalm 32 verse 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you shall go. I will guide you with my eye. Listen to me. There is a highway to financial prosperity. There is a highway to financial prosperity. And it's generational. As I've shared last, as I've shared last Sunday, there are families, they prosper only in one generation. And then their children and their grandchildren go back to poverty. That's not how God works. That's not how God works. God wants to prosper you and your children and your children's children. Can we say amen? So if you look at um, Isaiah 58 verse 14. Isaiah 58 verse 14. What do I mean? The highway to financial prosperity. Look at this. Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord. That means God is no longer a chore, a religious duty, an obligation. But a joy to you. Let me ask you, would you like to spend time with somebody who teaches you to make money? Yes or no? Yes. How many of you like gifts? Yes. Would you like somebody to give you gifts? Yes. That's God. Because you're all looking like so holy. <laughs> then shall you delight yourself in the Lord. I will cause you to ride upon the high places of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. So there is a highway. Say with me, highway. Where is the highway? Where's the highway? In Christ Jesus. Where's the highway? In Christ Jesus. Where is the highway? In Shamak. Obedience. If you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. The highway is Shamak. Amen. Heartfelt, joyful, expectant obedience. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. That's the highway of prosperity. It's up there. So whenever you feel that, you know, I'm lacking, you know, I'm lacking finances, I'm worried, I have bills to pay, don't look around. Don't look on the inside of you. Instead, what do we do? Look up. Say with me, look up. Look up. Look up. And keep looking up. Keep looking up. What did David say? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Let me ask you, remember the widow, the widow in first Kings chapter 17, remember the widow who gave to, what's the name of the prophet? Elijah, the widow who gave to Elijah, right? Elijah went to the widow's house, you know, he had to escape from uh, Jezebel. I'm sure he would have thought, why didn't God send me to a rich man? You know, why did he send me to a poor widow? 
<laughs> God had a reason. So Elijah said, I want you to prepare something for me to eat and God will prosper you. Well, the lady said, I've hardly anything left. I'm going to use what I have and then we'll eat our last meal and die. But because you are the prophet of God, you have spoken God's word. I will do what you have told me to do. And then what happened? She had no lack of food and no lack of oil. In the time of famine, when everybody around her was starving. What happened to Peter? Peter said, I've been out here fishing and I am a professional fisherman and I've been fishing for so long. Jesus said, just, just cast your net. What do you know about fishing? You are a preacher. <laughs> oh, come on. You don't have a degree in fishing. <laughs> I'm a professional fisherman. <laughs> but at your word, I will cast down my net. And guess what happened? He had the biggest catch. So what's the common principle? Acting on the word of God, which is shamak. Say with me, shamak. One more time, shamak. Amen. Hallelujah. To finish this, I want to tell you in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, when it comes to financial prosperity, when it comes to money, every one of us has to pass the test. You have to pass the test of money to be qualified to be trusted with money. God will test you. God will prove you. Whether you will stay faithful when you have and when you have not. What are you like when you don't have money? What are you like when you have money? He will not trust you. If he observe that you are not consecrated, dedicated, devoted to him. He will look at your heart. Whether your heart will waver in good times and in hard times. He will look at your heart whether you will serve God even in the times of famine. He will look at your heart whether you will serve him when you have lots of money and you're so busy doing your business, going here and going there. The key is our heart. The word of God says that you cannot serve God and mammon. There's a lot of people do, that who don't have, many, don't have a lot of money. They say, we'll serve God, we'll serve God. And then when they have a lot of money, can't find them. So it's very important that our hearts be rooted and grounded in the truth. That's why I'm giving you all the teachings 
the truth. Why do troubles come to test us? To test our love walk, to test our stewardship, to test our faithfulness. Look at it that way. And I pray that you never fail your test. It's not about you. You will still die and go to heaven. But it's about whether God can trust you to represent him well on the earth. God does not want you to represent him as poor. God does not want you to represent him as just somebody who is rich but has no time for God. So the test is that we represent him well. Because at the end of the day, money is about control. The devil wants to control you. By giving you much or giving you nothing. But God is not in the controlling business. But neither is he naive. God is after your heart. Can we say amen? Say with me, Shamak. Let me give you a few more scriptures and then we go to the blessings. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 20. Deuteronomy 30, 20. If you may love the Lord your God, that you may shamak his voice, and you may cleave unto him, for he is your life, the length of your days, your longevity, your health, that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers. Exodus fifteen twenty six. If you were diligently shamak, to the voice of the Lord your God, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon you. Again, Shamak. First Kings chapter 11, verse 38. And it shall be, if you will shamak unto all that I command you, and will walk in my ways, and do that which is right in my sight to keep my statutes and commandments, that I will be with you and will build for you a sure house. How many of you want to receive a house from the Lord? How many of you want a house from God? Amen. So apply the scripture in your life. Deuteronomy 30.10, if you shall hearken, shamak, unto the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments, his statutes, which are written in this book of the law, and if you will turn to the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul. Let me finish with this. Remember Saul, King Saul. What did the prophet Samuel say to him? For two... Shamak is better than sacrifice. So God puts a very, very high priority to Shamak. Amen? Amen? God has put into my heart to bless you with the blessings of Deuteronomy chapter 28. So if I can ask you to all stand with me. Deuteronomy 28, verse 3 to 13. And I will declare the blessing upon you in the context of today's language. And uh, please 
receive. All right? Receive. This is an impartation of blessings for you to receive. And for those of you that are watching online and those of you that are hearing uh, through the uh, internet or whatever app, I pray that God, I pray that God will prosper you and empower you to shamak, to obey. To obey him intentionally, diligently, proactively, joyfully, faithfully, expectantly at all times. I pray that God gives you the power to shamak. That God gives you the desire to shamak. I pray that God bless you all your travels and your stay. In the sky and in the sea and on land. Whether you are at home, at work, or on holiday. I pray God to bless you, multiply, and prosper all your children and all your grandchildren. I pray God to bless, multiply, and prosper the produce of your farm, your garden, your pets, and your animals. I pray God to bless, multiply, and prosper your finances. That you become and you stay financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. That you are ready to help others. That you are equipped to do good. I pray that you don't have to borrow. You don't have to be on government welfare. I pray that you are in charge, that you are in control of your finances. I pray that you get out of debt. I pray that you have a surplus, a savings account. I pray for God to bless you with all of your savings and all your investment accounts, your funds, your bonds, your superannuation, your daily accounts. All your investment properties. I pray that they are all growing. They are all multiplying. And they are all profiting for you. I pray that you are blessed coming in and you are blessed going out. I pray that God gives you his victory over your enemies, the devils. I pray that all obstructing, hindering demons have to flee from you. All accusing, condemning, slandering, and bullying devils have to flee from you. Every spirit of sickness and disease have to flee from you. Because the Lord's anointing is upon you. His anointing, his presence, his glory is upon you wherever you go. I pray God to give you reconciliation with all those you have offended And all those who have offended you. I pray for God's forgiveness to flow freely in all your relationships. I pray that you have favor with God and favor with people. The people at home, at church, at work, in your community, everywhere you go. In fact, I pray for the people around you to be attracted and drawn to you. Because of the prosperity, the anointing, the favor of God that is upon you. Just like it was upon Isaac and Jacob.
I pray that you generate testimonies all the days of your life. That you show and you tell God's goodness in your life. Amen. Amen. I pray the anointing of God to be upon you, to share his gospel, to share his word with the people around you, to lead them to Christ. I pray God to multiply the works of your hands, to make you efficient, wise, creative, innovative, and productive. I pray the Lord to give you your own house or houses, cars, plenty of food in storage, and to share. I pray that you stay spiritually vibrant and strong, physically healthy and fit, mentally sharp and alert, emotionally holy and true. I pray that you stay free, victorious, triumphant, and influential. I pray that you be God's leader, that you be his light and be his salt everywhere you go. I pray that you keep up the good job of being God's leader in the community that you live in, wherever you work and wherever you go. In Jesus' precious name. Everybody say, Amen. Amen. Give the